Well, g'day everyone and welcome to The Journey. This week my name's Jude Hennessy and uh, we've got a great show lined up for you as we enter into the second Sunday of Lent. This period of 40 days, or a bit, bit longer actually, where we do a journey through the scriptures and in our prayer life, accompanying Christ on the way to Calvary, the great events of, of Easter and then leading into Easter Sunday, the great celebration of the resurrection, but recognising too that it only comes after Good Friday. We're journeying at this time where we hear in the scriptures that uh, Christ set his face like flint towards Jerusalem, and that's, that's the road we are walking. Over the course of the next five weeks or so, as we enter into this Lenten season, and to help us do that, we've got some great people this week we're going to be hearing from some incredible women of faith first up. We're going to hear from uh, Sister Anastasia Reeves, She's going to talk to us about practicing what we preach, putting faith into action. Mother Hilda Scott, of course, wisdom from the Abbey. She's got a little story about pizza and the good stuff God puts onto our tables. We'll also be hearing from Father Anthony Jukes, talking about not my wills but yours be done, focusing on one of the weekday readings this week. He's going to focus in on Hebrews. Hebrews 4, and how we need to take that example of Jesus in looking to do the will of the Father. Father Tony Percy, he, he wants to talk to us about encountering the mystery of Christ, and particularly how that mystery leads to being caught up in awe, the, the bottomlessness of the awesomeness of God. But to start with, we've got Sister Catherine Stone. As I said last week, a bit of a change for us from the great gospel reflections we get from Matthew at home, and Sister Catherine's given us the reflection in this Pieta Lenten series, this small group resource that upwards of 90,000 people are using right around the country, which is amazing, daily scripture readings. And she's got the gig of breaking open the big one each week, the the gospel reading for each Sunday as we journey through Lent. It's Mark 9, 2 to 10 this week. This is my son, the beloved, the great story of the transfiguration that we hear in the Gospel of St. Mark. Max Norton's about to proclaim that for us, and then Sister Catherine is going to break that open for us, making the really strong points that we're called to listen, listen to him. Awesome music this week as well. We, we're going to have right throughout this Lenten series some songs we've recorded in the Diocese of Wollongong with our musicians, and this week it's going to be from the Psalms again, I Will Walk Before the Lord. Seth Harsh, amazing musician, he used to be our youth minister in the Diocese. He's now studying over in Rome for the priesthood and draw good musicians together and he's done that in uh, the Lenten series that is connected to all the songs that are connected to our Pieta Lenten series so people are listening in to this music as they as they work through the scriptures too then after the break we'll be diving in to hear from Mother Hilda Scott wisdom from the Abbey lots to get through some great people this week sharing with you and helping us to dive deeper into our discipleship and our journey towards Jerusalem in this Lenten season Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone by themselves. There in their presence he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzlingly white whiter than any earthly bleacher could make them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here, so let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And a cloud came, covering them in shadow, and there came a voice from the cloud. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Then suddenly, when they looked round, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, he warned them to tell no one what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They observed the warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel Reflection with Sister Catherine Stone. The musical adaptation of Roald Dahl's Matilda begins with a Tim Minchin song. My mummy says I'm a miracle. My daddy says I'm his special little guy. I'm a princess. I'm a prince. Mum says I'm an angel sent down from the sky. The song lyrics form an ironic contrast with the story of Matilda, an unwanted child whose remarkable intelligence is not just ignored, but sneered upon by her parents. Applied to the two sons who sit at the centre of today's readings, these lyrics become less the overstated endearments of doting parents and perhaps almost accurate. Isaac, the son in the first reading, was miraculously born to his mother when she was over 90 and his parents had given up all hope of a natural heir. Jesus, the beloved son of the second reading and the gospel, is literally the son of God miraculously born of a virgin. Unlike Matilda, whose parents eventually abandon her, both Jesus and Isaac were obviously deeply cherished by their parents. And yet, Isaac was almost, and Jesus was actually, given up as a sacrifice by their respective fathers. What on earth is going on? If we can step aside from the horrifying details of what almost happened... The story of Abraham and Isaac is actually a pretty amazing story of how much Abraham loved and trusted God, that he would be willing to sacrifice his long-awaited son at God's request. God's 11th hour reprieve, in fact, confirmed that God was who Abraham knew him to be, compassionate, trustworthy, and provident. In Jesus' case, there was no last-minute reprieve. He actually died. And unlike Isaac, who appeared not to know what was going on, Jesus went willingly to the cross. However, the motivating force in both stories was the same. Love. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son because he loved God. God gave up his beloved son and Jesus gave up his life because he loves us. Which points us to a third beloved child, you and me. If we had started the second reading just a couple of verses before, we'd have heard that God's whole purpose in giving up his beloved son was so that he might be the eldest of many brothers and sisters, us. Whether we were cherished like Isaac or discarded like Matilda, I suspect that most of us struggle, sometimes because of stories like the one about Abraham and Isaac today, to know God as our loving Father 
and ourselves as beloved sons and daughters. The disciples' experience of the transfiguration was a crucial moment that helped them to understand that the man Jesus wasn't just another prophet, but God himself come among us. As both God and man, he reveals to us both what God is really like and who we really are. If we listen to him, as today's gospel asks us to do, we will notice that every word that he speaks, every miracle, every action, shows us one or both of these things. In him, we experience both the compassion of the Father and what it looks like to live out of our true identity as beloved sons and daughters. Perhaps, if you're up for adding another Lenten goal, it might be worth taking up the Gospels and reading them just for yourself, looking at the miracles and actions of Jesus, listening to his words, and asking the Holy Spirit to help us to see and hear in them both the compassion of the Father and what it looks like to live out of our true identity as beloved sons and daughters. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. You might have days like this often, and I do too, once in a while. I remember some time ago, years ago in fact, a particularly unpleasant day came my way. The worst thing I did that day was get out of bed. That gives you a a clue to how bad it was. Now, as one thing after the other went wrong, we came to the end of the day. And for me, that came up to supper time. And I said to myself, and in fact I said to God, it's supper time. Great. Now all I've got is the time of silence, which is a time for prayer at our place. Then there's Compline, which is our night prayer. Then I can go to bed and this whole entire rotten day is over. It was with something of a sigh of relief that I thought of that. I can't tell you how rotten that day was. Anyway, I got into supper. And for supper, we only ever have leftovers and salad. Now, on this particular day, we mustn't have had many leftovers there. So the sisters in the kitchen had put together some pizza. I like pizza. Love pizza, in fact. I looked at that pizza on the table and to tell you the truth, listeners, I could have cried. For my money, there was God saying to me, it's been a rotten day, hasn't it? Look, get that pizza into you. It'll make you feel so much better. There was God for my money with an act of kindness that now, and this is about 20 years later, I haven't forgotten. I wonder how many pizzas are going to come your way. How many times has God put some little thing into your life and hope that you might just see that's God saying, I know and I love you. Perhaps it is that a kind word's come your way when you needed it. That's God. I know. I love you. Perhaps it is that something you didn't think was going to work out worked out. That's God. I know you. I love you. Perhaps, like me, God decided to put something lovely on the table for you. And it's smacked all over of, I know, I love you. Sometimes I think that they're the most beautiful words we can hear. And God goes to no end of trouble to say it over and over and over and over again. How I wish I could talk to you face to face so I could hear you tell me the ways in which God has said to you, I know, I love you. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that from Mother Hilda Scott. She's a favourite on the show. She's been with us since day one, coming up to 11 years ago when we kicked off this show. We've been doing it weekly since then. Love joining and partnering with uh, many, many radio stations right around the country that take this show each week. And if you're listening in via one of those, well, a big hello to you and, and a reminder to support your local Christian radio station. They do great work. It's a ministry. And their work and their reach really comes from the generosity of their, of their listeners. So make sure you're supporting them any chance you get. Big hello to all of our people who listen in via a podcast each and every week. And don't forget, you can go back and listen to stuff like Mother Hilda Scott or what you heard from Sister Catherine Stone before the break as she 
opened up the, the gospel for this week. Just go to jcr.org.au. You can dive into it at any time you like or share it with other people. After the break, you're going to be hearing from the wonderful Father Tony Percy. His segment is The Word, and he's going to talk to us about how we encounter the mystery of Christ. He's got such a great conversational tone, super intelligent, makes really deep ideas, very digestible. Here's some more music first up. They will got some Francesca Battistelli, Run to Jesus, and after the break, Chris Tomlin, Waterfall, before we hear from Father Tony Percy. Faith, hope. Love and Life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Hey, lonely. Hey, sad eyes. Hey, you who need some sunshine. All you gotta do is open up the blinds. Hey, worry. Hey, heartache. Help is not that far away. Just open up your eyes He'll be there, he'll be there every time on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness 
Father Tony Percy. The second week of Lent is always the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. So whether it's going to be year A, year B or year C, you will always have the first week of Lent, the testing and temptations of Christ. And the second week will always be, as I said, the transfiguration. This year it's according to the Gospel of Mark. Now what's going on here is the church is trying to give us some time, specifically the first two weeks, so it's a very generous offer, to reflect on the uniqueness of who Jesus Christ is. That is, someone who is truly human, who's able to be tested and tempted to the utmost degree, and then somebody who is 
utterly and truly divine in the one person. The teaching is, the mysterious teaching is, over a long period of time, after many centuries of discussion, that Jesus is a divine person who has a human nature or is a human being, but he's not a human person. That's a very important point because his origin, he's a divine person. He's been with the Father for all eternity. But at some point in time, he becomes a little baby. He becomes a a child. He becomes a young man and then ultimately is crucified and then resurrected. So that's what's going on here in these first two weeks of Lent. We're being invited to see the mystery of Christ, to understand and encounter the mystery of Christ. A mystery is not a puzzle. A puzzle you solve with your head, that won't do it. You'll never solve it with your head. It's impossible. But a mystery is something you believe graciously with a a specific gift we call faith, and then you try and live the mystery. That's the, the whole idea. Now, the church has these periods of time where it gives us a bit of time to enter into these mysteries. So this is, the, this is true too when we come to Passion Sunday or Palm Sunday. We're given a whole week leading up to Good Friday to reflect on the passion of Christ. That's what that's about. And then with the resurrection, we're given eight days, a generous eight days to experience and reflect on the resurrection of Christ. So look out for that as we go deeper into Lent. So we have the the beautiful event of the transfiguration of Christ. It's a magnificent thing. Just let it let, let it be proclaimed. You go and read it. He's uh, transfigured. That's the word that's used. He's transfigured, and his whole persona is seen. His whole divine persona, in and through his human nature, it starts to manifest itself. As some commentators say, it's like a a foretaste of the resurrection. So it may well be that as well. But anyway, he's transfigured. They're uh, absolutely enraptured by the whole thing and then they come back down the mountain. Now, interestingly enough, and we'll finish with this, Jesus is transfigured at that moment, straight away when God appears to him, the Father appears and the Holy Spirit appears on that mountain, whether it's Tabor or whether it's Mount Hermon. And he's transfigured immediately. When Paul comes to talk about our moral life, and he does this in 2 Corinthians 3, go and check that out. Or perhaps the easier reference is Romans 12. And in Romans 12, what Paul is doing there, right to the back end of the letter, he set up all the theology, the whole mystery of Christ. And then he says, well, now this is the way we're supposed to live. And what he says there is exactly what happened at the transfiguration. He says, we are being, through our offering of ourself to God, we are being transfigured into the glory of God, slowly but surely. So not immediately like Jesus, but slowly but surely. If you just go to the beginning of this particular passage today, you'll notice what it says. And I think this is very important for all of us. It says that Jesus took with him. He led them. He took with him Peter, James and John. That's the same idea. We've got to let Jesus take us so that over time, over the journey of life, we can be transfigured with him until we come to the point of death where we will go through that that gate of death and then see the glory of God and then have an immediate transfiguration. This is something to look forward to. Thanks so much to Father Tony there. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. It was awesome. Some great references there to Romans 12. 
all about the mystery of Christ and, and reflections, obviously, on today's gospel, which is the transfiguration. I love the way Father Tony finishes there, saying that we, we all need to be transfigured. We're called to that transformation and being transfigured because of our life in Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit and grace in our lives. After the break, we're going to hear from Sister Anastasia Reeves. She's going to talk to us about practicing what we preach. It's it's taken from the gospel reading set down for Tuesday, the 27th of February. For for those of you who don't know, in the Catholic tradition, there's, there's set readings for every day of the year. And over the course of about a three-year period, we go right through the scriptures, go to woe, and we, we have a an Old Testament reading, something from the Psalms, often from one of the, the epistles, one of the letters, and the gospel reading every single day to enable us to do that. And Sister Anastasia is picking up one of the readings that we're going to encounter this week as people move through the the Lenten series of reasons of of reading, sorry, and she's asking us to practice what we preach. Not before some great music. Here's the song "Be Light." Thomas Rhett, Hilary Scott, Chris Tomlin, some great artists in there. And after the break, Sister Anastasia Reeves. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey. In a time full of war, be peace In a time full of doubt, just believe Yeah, there ain't that much difference between you and me In a time full of war, be peace In a world full of hate, be light When you do somebody That needs change and make a difference In a time full of noise, just listen Cause life is but a breeze, better live it In a place that needs a change, make a difference In a world full of hate, be light When you do somebody wrong In a world full of hate, be light. 
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. And now another Piata Lenten Reflection. This time, Sister Anastasia Reeves and her reflection on Matthew's Gospel for Tuesday, 27 February. How irksome it is when someone says one thing but does another. Hypocrite, we say. How especially irksome among Christians whom we hope would be a whole lot like Jesus. What are we to do in response? What does Jesus do? First, he names the problem in clear terms, but then Jesus invites his listeners to concern themselves, not with other people's hypocrisy, but with their own. They and we are to be humble. Jesus is implying that, in fact, we are all hypocrites, even if in less noticeable ways. As members of the church, the body of Christ, God's family, we are trying in our faltering ways to reach our eternal destiny. Yet we all fail along the way, whether it be in bad moods, cutting remarks, white lies, and sometimes a lot worse. Not only that, but we are actively inviting more hypocrites to join us on this journey. We make quite a dysfunctional family. Yet it seems this is all God's mysterious plan, that we will have to rub shoulders with lovely and prickly people as part of our journey of salvation. And we ourselves are right there, both lovely and prickly. Let us pray. Lord, grant me the humility to see and confess my own sins before I see those of others, so that together we may reach eternal life with you. Amen. Thanks so much to Sister Anastasia Reeves there. She gets down to some of the nitty-gritty, hey, of what it means to to live a life of faith, to be a disciple in the messiness and the nitty-gritty of life, as she as she referred to then. That's the daily task. That's what we're called to. Thank you to her. I think we'll be hearing from her again in a few weeks' time, which is just wonderful. In fact, we will be. To round out the show this week, though, we're going to hear from the wonderful Anthony Jukes, Father Anthony, and the piece that he's written for this week's Pieta Lenten series, and he's going to be making some reference to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 4.15, and the cup that Jesus is being asked to drink, even though he's without sin. That's after the break. Some more music, though, now. Christ, our hope in life and death, Matt Papa and Keith and Kristen Getty. Father Anthony Jukes, he's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. We're getting near the end, but thanks for joining us on the journey.
Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. And now another Piata Lenten reflection. This time, Father Anthony Dukes and his reflection for Wednesday, 28th of February. On several occasions, Jesus speaks about the cup or the chalice that he must drink, a cup given to him by God the Father. In the agony in the garden, for example, Jesus prayed, Father, If you are willing, remove this chalice from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And at the arrest of Jesus, when Peter drew his sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant, Jesus said, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the chalice which the Father has given me? But what is this cup, this chalice that has been given to Jesus to drink? In the Old Testament, there is a reoccurring image of God's wrath being poured into a cup for sinners to drink. It is an image of God punishing the people because their sins have caused so much offence to God. Only when the people have drunk the cup to the dregs will God's anger subside. 
Jesus is without sin, and yet he seems to be given this cup to drink. Why? Is the offence done to God so great that, as proposed by Saint Anselm, only a perfect sacrifice is able to atone for the sins of humanity? Does the God of infinite love and mercy and compassion demand such a sacrifice? Only God can answer this question. But what we can say is that everything God does is done for our benefit. None of it is for God's benefit. When Jesus takes that image of the cup upon himself, he is reassuring us that whatever punishment we as humans deserve or think we deserve for our sins, whatever punishment others deserve or whatever punishment we think others might deserve for their sins, Jesus is taking that punishment upon himself, reassuring us that the God of love and compassion has no desire to reject us. Let us pray. Lord, help me to recognise your infinite love and mercy. Amen. Years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary By God's word at last my sin I learned Then I trembled at the law I spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burdened soul found liberty At Calvary Now I've given Jesus everything Now I gladly know as my king Now my raptured soul can always sing of Calvary Yeah Yeah There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burden soul found Salvation's plan Oh, the grace that brought it down to man Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span At Calvary, yeah, yeah your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me Burning so found liberty at Calvary. 
That's a great way to round out the show. Casting crowns at Calvary. That's the journey we're on at the moment. We're, uh, we're journeying towards Jerusalem and, and Calvary. That's the, the Lenten experience. A time when in lots of Christian traditions we're asked to tighten our belts, dive into deeper prayer, dive into the scriptures, do some fasting, be really deliberate and, and open to the spirit in our arms giving and listening to the to the promptings of the Spirit daily in in that throughout this Lenten journey, more so than usual. Thanks to Father Anthony Dukes, who we heard from there, a piece that he entitled Not My Will But Yours, and to all of our contributors today, to Sister Anastasia Reeves, asked us to practice what we preach, and Father Tony Percy, who really focused in on encountering the mystery of Christ, Mother Hilda Scott, of course, in her inimitable way, to be able to point to God even in the midst of things as simple as pizza. And thanks to Sister Catherine Stone, loving hearing her message each week. More to come from her next week as she's got the gig right throughout the Lenten season of breaking open the gospel for us, sit down for each Sunday. She's from the Missionaries of God's Love and what incredible work they are doing right around the country. Coming up in just a few weeks' time, they're going to be running Light to the Nations out at Varaville, which is out in uh, southwestern Sydney, out near Campbelltown. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of youth and young adults that are gathering in, out in that space, a big circus tent, camping all over the joint as they move move through the major ceremonies and remembrances of Easter from Holy Thursday night right through until Easter Sunday. Solemn, leading into great joy on Sunday. And uh, if you want to be part of that experience, just go and look up Light to the Nations, chuck it into your search engine. Spots are running out really, really quickly, and it's it's a life-changing experience. I really encourage you to go. Families are going. Young people are going on their own. If they're uh, over 16, they're able to do that. You can camp. You can book rooms. You can take out your caravan or tent and be part of an incredible experience, including great preaching, wonderful music ministry, praise and worship, stations of the cross, the lot, the whole journey of the the Easter ceremonies. Check that out. And I'm saying this because of Sister Catherine, who, as I said, we'll be hearing from again next week as she breaks open the gospel for us. Better get going. Thanks for listening in. I hope this show this week has uh, has been something which has been helpful to you, which has encouraged you. We will be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.